0: Welcome to the Wandering Bard podcast. You are listening to an extract from an interview with writer and poet Robert M. Francis.
1: There are a few times in my career to date that I've felt that sense of validation or that twinge of excitement where you feel like you're a writer proper. I guess the first one was having, a, having my very first poem accepted for a magazine publication. This is a really old magazine called Fire, back in sort of 2009, 2010 perhaps. It was a, a prose poem, a very weird little prose poem called Pirates that I'd put together. And having sent quite a lot of poems out in previous years and really got nowhere with them other than receiving pleasant rejection letters, enough rejection slipped to wallpaper a room. I finally got a handwritten note from the editor of FIRE saying that they would accept my publication. And I think that was the first time that I really felt like I was going to, that what I was doing was worthwhile, that it was recognized as as good as i thought it would be that it had some kind of merit or value to it and that that would then prompt me to kind of um, and propel me forwards and it did you know that that became quite an addictive feeling getting short stories and poems published in magazines and I, I recommend that to everyone that i speak to when people ask me questions around you know the route to becoming a writer or the route to becoming successful or published or however you want to frame it is to sort of slowly build up a sort of portfolio of publications through uh, magazines and online things first of all so you've got that track record then to go to the to the bigger publishers with bigger projects that sense that that juice that energy that drive and that sense of validation that you get through publishing books is something quite different really because you spend so long on a particular project. So my my debut novel, Bella, for example, I wrote over about a four year period and it's a relatively short novel, over about a four year period. And even after it got accepted for publication, there was another sort of 12 months worth of working with the editor to make sure everything was, all the T's had crossed and I's were dotted. And you, you sort of spend quite a lot of time waiting for things to happen waiting for the cover uh, artwork to come through and to be accepted, wait for the blurbs from other writers to come through. And, you know, you you read various drafts and see various PDF documents. And all of those are really, really exciting things on the way to publication. And then finally the book comes out. It's a, it's a strange feeling, I have to say, especially working on a project, like I say, for, for several years, it's a strange feeling now going okay this is no longer mine so you get this kind of thrill of yay i've done it i've achieved something really big and i've done something that's that people are going to read and enjoy and find interesting or intriguing or confusing or whatever but at the same time you're, you're full of kind of trepidation and, and and worry and anxiety about how it's going to be perceived and the fact that It's no longer your property anymore. It used to be just your project, your little passion project. That's now part of a kind of commercial and cultural life of its own. It's a very unusual, but ultimately beautiful experience. Something that has taken a long time for me to get done I mean it's a tricky one to to answer really because the whole publishing world moves at a glacial pace and if you're working on something that's quite big with lots of different tentacles like a collection of poems or a novel or a collection of short stories I mean the the work of just getting the getting it down and polished and sculpted into something tangible and accessible and and all of those things is a long process on its own. I mean, so my debut novel took like three years to get written and then another sort of year and a half to get edited and whatnot and get taken on. So, you know, you you live with those characters and you live with that setting and you live with that story world for a hell of a long time. And that can be quite exhausting. That, that's part of the kind of creative mindset as well, really. I think one, one question that I quite often find interesting from... Either non-writers or novice writers is when when people ask where, where do you get your ideas from, and I think to myself, well, that, that's the easy bit actually. Like coming up with the idea is the really is the really simple thing. It's it's crafting that idea into something that's got movement and thrust and poetry and drama in it that uh, really takes its time, and it's then polishing that down and making sure it's as tight and sharp as it possibly can be. That's the really tricky bit of the exercise. And I think, you know, great writers and great artists, full stop really need to have the kind of left side and right side of the brain working, bearing against each other always. You need that sort of liberal and loose openness to kind of, up with the ideas and find the strange connections between ideas to to write good poems or write good work. But you then need the more conservative and uh, logical or rational side of your mind to kind of bear down on that and allow it to to take a reasonable shape that people are going to understand and get. And I think it's the same with the sort of the practicalities of being a, a jobbing writer as well, that You need to balance being spontaneously creative and producing work and producing ideas with a measured and pragmatic approach to living your life, making sure there's enough work coming through the door and making sure you've got enough time to do the necessary edits on a particular thing or work on a particular workshop or talk or whatever. So once I've got all the writing down or i've got a substantial amount of work down and i'm thinking about approaching publishers and and whatnot i suppose my first port of call is to to research the types of magazines or the types of publishers that are going to be best suited for it and that's for two reasons really number one i don't want to be wasting people's time with work that they're not going to be interested in And number two, I want my work to find a home that, with a publisher or with a magazine or whatever, that is going to give it the care and attention that I've given it as well. I mean, this is why both of my novels have been published by Wild Press Books, and it's because Wild Press Books are a really small team. I know that I'm going to get kind of one-to-one help. It's going to be a really nice collaborative experience with them, but also that their sort of niche in the market is in many ways writing that deals with the way that landscape and place impact our sense of self as well and they've got quite a lot of writers on their books that produce work in various and diverse ways around that theme and that's what attracted me to them and i think that's what attracted them to me when i approached them as well that's my first port of call really it's like okay if i'm writing on if i'm working on some nature poems i'm not going to send that to a publisher that's only interested in urban literature it's about finding the right home for it and then it's send them some work and hope for the best in lots of ways and and likewise with with the longer works as well you know if i'm if i'm sending a, a few poems out to a magazine um, i'm sending it out to deliberately targeted magazines it's not just a a scattergun approach. If those poems get rejected, then they just get packaged up into a different file, and I look for a new home for them. I, I don't dwell on it at all. If you get a rejection, you're getting rejected for that particular work at that particular time by that particular editor for that particular edition. And so, there's lots and lots of different uh, qualifiers within that short sentence. Doesn't necessarily mean that it's not good. It's just not right for that person at that particular time, for that particular edition. And so you can kind of dust yourself down quite quickly and move on to the next submission. And I've done very similar things with my poetry collections and my novels as well.
0: Thank you so much for listening to The Wandering Bard. I'm your host, editor and producer, Ines G. Labarta, and I want to say thank you to the University of Wolverhampton for supporting this podcast. Our theme music is titled Wanderers, and it's by composer Dana Boulet. Please feel free to reach out to us with any comments, any ideas. Please follow us on social media and leave us a good rating on whichever app you've used to listen to this episode. Thank you so much for being there, and see you next time.